Welcome back. We're in episode six, and we always like the music. We just completed the second season of Gospel Well. This past week, we're so thankful for mm-hmm. it. So thankful for all the participants. And today's topic is Gospel Well Wrap Up. So I thought what we would do is talk about some of the lessons learned, how things went. And actually, having Joe here gives us a really great perspective because he has not been with us in the first season. And so love to hear what he thought as well as his own experiences. So Joe, I thought I would ask you a few questions. Sure. Is that okay? Um, first, this is the first time for you to have sat in on uh, Gospel Well. And I just wanted to get your general impressions. What are your thoughts? And, and uh, be honest, by the way. Everything and anything. Everything and anything. All right. Uh, I was uh, really blessed by it. I thought it was um, very well done. I really appreciate the variety of presentations. Kind of like the diversity of writers in scripture. You know, you get different perspectives, I guess you could say, all from the same truths. Um so that was a blessing. Um, I really enjoyed my group. I'm not sure if they enjoyed my leadership, but... Uh, I think they enjoyed your leadership. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> I hope so. Um, you know, I, as you know, I, I took something similar at a church we, my wife and I were attending many years ago. And it, it actually is a church that was led by... Uh, Jack Miller's assistant pastor, Ron Lutz. So that was a little different. And I think I came in maybe just presumptuously thinking it was going to be exactly the same, which that would not have been good because I'm not a big believer in cookie cutting. You know, you have to adjust and and meet the needs of your group. So uh, one particular difference uh, I found was it certainly is deeper theologically. And I know we could spend hours talking about the pros and cons of that, but I think um, I thought it was good depth, at least. Again, I I didn't get any sense. Uh, sure, there were times where I think some clarification and follow-up in the groups were needed. Um, but, I mean, these it comes from the eternal well of Scripture, where it's as deep as you're going to get. So, um, I don't think necessarily that was a bad thing. I think it was certainly challenging. At least it seems, and not from personal conversations that I've had with individuals, but it seems that I think they might have felt it was deeper than they were expecting. But uh, again, all the more I think it, in a positive light, at least for me, it reminds me of just how deep the gospel really is. So is there, was there one topic or a few that at uh, a previous church that you attended something like this that was covered, that was not covered in gospel well, that you thought, oh, if I think if we address this subject, 
it would really highlight or accentuate some things that might be beneficial for people. And what is that? Um, I, frankly speaking, I, I can't remember specifically what, what the exact topics were, because this was many years ago. And I know, Fuji, you've taken it a couple of times. Um, I can't say from a personal takeaway, when I took it, and it was called Living for the King, the one illustration I know we, we highlight, and, and rightfully so, the whole cross chart. For me, actually, the one illustration that really struck me when I took it was the glacier illustration. That no matter how the typical approach with the glacier illustration um, is that, you know, we attack the surface. What do I need to do? How do, how do I get by? And what's going to get me through this? And so we, we just take care of the top part. But there's so much more beneath the surface that just rises to the top and it keeps rising. And, and just constantly remind it, it reminded me that um, everything's an, a hard issue. There are deeper roots than we typically see or recognize. It's easy to say, okay, I'm going to stop doing this. What can I? Sure, there are disciplines that are necessary and and appropriate actions in in that regard. But if my heart isn't changed, and this connects with all the topics that we talked about in Gospel Well, then that um, I'm not getting anywhere. I may actually get worse. So that's not. Um, reflective of an actual comparison between gospel well and living for the king but for me the takeaway and uh um my my memory may not serve me well here but i'm not sure if that illustration actually came up mm -hmm. so was, i really i really love that illustration yeah. so are you ready are to use it on the next time when you're teaching sure okay <laughs> it'll make it better then <laughs> no that's good um you know, one of the things that we discussed, the three of us, was why you can take something like this and not actually grasp the whole sort of premise or uh, heart of what we're trying to convey, which is that we live life as an outflow of the gospel, you know, from birth to death. As soon as we turn to Christ, to the end of our days, and then uh, ultimately, really eternally. So I guess my question to both of you is, why do you think that's the case? We've had numerous conversations, and even after the first uh, season or cohort or whatever you want to call it, and the second one, and you ask the question, so how was it? And the answer is, oh, it's a, it was a good Bible study, or uh, that was... I really liked my small group or it was, um, yeah, I, uh, I really, I think I, I now know how to, uh, be a better Christian. I'm not saying those are the exact responses per se, but you get responses like that versus, wow, the, the very work of Christ is so rich. It has, like to think of his righteousness being mine and how that frees me to live with this incredible joy and 
you know, all the ways that we could express this, or what about you know, my sonship is just amazing that I, I don't have to live for my identity because I have it in Christ, or it's so rarely that way. It's usually, oh, I, I, that was a really nice Bible study. <laughs> so I guess my question to you both is, why does that happen? Why do you think that happens? And what, what's going on there? And we talked a little bit, actually a lot about this in the Gospel Light Switch podcast last week. But I still want us to probe this a bit more as to, especially as we ended it and then started asking, well, what are your quick thoughts and get a quick response? Well, here are some uh, random thoughts. Not again, just some face. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Sorry. I'm laughing because I uh, I just spilled my tea on the floor. spilling his tea. tea. As he's talking, the tea is pouring out on the floor and I'm wondering he's he's really excited no, as long as it's not a my pajama just for pants. those of you who don't know he's actually Joe is wearing uh Philadelphia Eagles pajama pants and you know I I can't think of anyone who ha- who is a greater fan oh he's wearing an Eagles shirt too fan worshiper idol idolater I mean fan Fanatic. Fanatic than Joe regard. Honestly, I don't know too many people, at least in the West Coast, who love football, their football team more than you. I don't think there's a single person I've met, even 49ers fans. And, you know, they're Californians. Californians, they're the, some You're of the gonna worst. You're going to get yourself in trouble with yeah, that. Yeah, it's okay. They, they know. But, but I'm a dime a dozen out East. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Definitely not at Wellspring. Yeah. <laughs> Have you met a bigger... 49ers fan than you are an Eagles fan since you've been here? I have not. Yeah, they're not there. Yeah, I have not. They're just not there. People don't care that much. That's better. It's 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 a better life. <laughs> better for your uh, yes, for your heart. So especially means- especially when you don't make the Super Bowl Niners fans, so it's good that you don't care. Yikes. Yeah, they don't care about that. No one cares. They're all listening to this going bother me <laughs> i have bigger idolatries <laughs> but uh just some random thoughts so i i think we leave it in um and again the, it's not the end of this this discussion but um the details matter sometimes we kind of sh- shelve it off in the land of the general and we're like, oh, it's just another Bible study, just another this. And we don't take that extra step. So I'm thinking even scripturally, thinking of Galatians, where um, it gives that image that the law reflecting our sinfulness leads us to Christ. But we can look at it and say, oh, that's the law, and just walk away, rather than, oh, my gosh, this is what I really look like inside. And if I don't recognize that, then I'm not going to go to the Lord. It's not going to drive me to him. And I think Gospel is a great, it was a great opportunity to dive in more deeply. When you, again, with the depth and the breadth of it, all the topics that were covered, I mean, if it's true that we are united to Jesus, I mean, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. If we're just going to walk away and say, oh, that's just theological jargon, then we are missing out. We are 180 degrees changed turned everything it's like our whole life is completely different you know so because of the fact that 
via the Holy Spirit indwelled in me, I am united to Jesus, whereas before I was separated from him. And, you know, so if we kind of just allow our minds and our hearts to think of that and then, and then see how that is not congruent with maybe my behavior, I'm acting, why am I so worried? Or where does, is worry warranted if I am united to Jesus? He's not close by, he's in me. You know, so I think it's taking those extra steps to um, uh, to understand who we are, the specificity, the details, and to and to really be. Here's the great thing with the with the gospel when you when you, there's no risk, it's all benefit. You go in, you're not going to come out disappointed. Sure, it's it's you may be shown a lot of ugliness that lies in your heart. But in the end, the amount, of, the amount of grace that awaits you, forgiveness, restoration, redemption, I mean, it's incredible. We, but we kind of settle where we are. I wish I had a more profound way of trying to explain why people think that this is just another Bible study or Sunday school. Somewhere down the line, it, there must have been a general trend. Uh, of the Christian life where they're just taught like random pieces mm -hmm. of things, mm -hmm. rarely ever giving them like, here is the foundation and you're going to build everything on top of it. Rather the Christian life, I think church, the way that we grew up or the way that I experienced it is, it is just like important truths, but just truths presented in like a constellation, like little stars, like blinking on and off. And you never really see the, the whole Milky Way and its connection. And we hear it, like we probably heard at some point in time how the law works, you know, how, uh, you know, sometimes things point to Jesus and so on. And... And, you know, how we tend to be moralistic, but, you know, everybody is and we just kind of, you know, dismiss it. But what we're trying to do at Gospel Well, uh, for better or for worse, if we did it right or not, or did it well or not, is here's the prescriptive theological foundations, as well as this should describe you like legalistic and antinomian or hedonistic. Like, this is fundamentally who we are, as well as the holiness of God and the greater depth of our sin realized over time. Like, this is, this is me. This is what I really need to be growing in. Gospel Well wants to present those fundamental truths as well as fundamental way of describing our, our situation, our, the way that we experience life. But I think the way that we think about the Christian life, these little, you know, random truths, truths surely, but randomly presented, that I think that's the way that we think the Christian life is lived. Like little truisms, little pieces of wisdom here and there. And, you know, every sermon, you know, if sometimes a lot of these sermon series in churches, they just go from topic to topic. Could that be the way that Christians experience it? So hence us forming like 
a process of how to change, how to grow, how the gospel really changes on a regular, everyday basis. That might be lost on them. Mm. I don't know. What do you think? Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense to some extent that there is a, uh, that piecemeal way of learning is, uh, is sort of the framework that we especially intake our faith versus having a more systematic overarching, you know, view of this connected meta narrative of the gospel and the salvation story. So we weren't trained that way to think. I also think that sometimes we just don't think. That's, I, you know, I wanted to ask you guys this question is that, did you always, this isn't necessarily about the gospel, but more about how to think. Do you feel that you always understood how to think, how to process? So you receive information, you hear it, you see it maybe, and, and then goes into your ears, into your brain, and then you, you're, you're in some way trying to make sense of it, whatever that looks like. For some, it's, uh, I was talking to somebody and they were saying they literally will take a sermon regardless of whether that person is completely illogical or not. And they'll try to form uh, logic out of it, an outline. They literally form an outline. I, you, you probably know people who do that, right? Well, and when they hear a lecture, they will take outline form. Oh, yeah. But if you listen to the lecture, it's not in an outline form. Mm. So that person is making their own adjustments, right? Because otherwise they can't understand it. And so I'm wondering how you came to a place where you're able to, how did you come to a place where you can think? Because I think sometimes uh, for people, and I was like this, where I didn't really think that hard about what I heard. And so if I would listen to something, I could sort of pretend I know the answer until you ask a question about it and then i would probably have blank eyes you know and be going i have no idea uh, you know what i mean where you're dealing with a kid and you say you're talking you're talking you say okay so you have a question they go i don't know and it's because they're saying yes yes they're shaking their head yes but in inside they're there's actually nothing that's being processed at all. I think they're saying yes as acknowledgement or nodding that they heard something, but not necessarily like in agreement and like they're, they're processing. really processing. Yes. Yeah. Could, <laughs> I'm going to throw nodding out one thought and then I would like to hear from Joe, which is like, it, that's probably the, this discussion, right? Is uh -huh. do you have a worldview in that worldview language where you have an interpretive grid. I just threw out two words, right? Worldview and interpretive grid to understand all the things that you see. But that interpretive grid is, it, you need to form it. Maybe I want to go one step before even the interpretive grid worldview is that, do you know how to listen? And I, I say this because I was, like I said, I was in that place. Partly there is a fear of man aspect of it. For example, if I nod my head, yes, you're talking to me and it's about something, you know, dense, theological, let's say. I want to sound like I know what I'm talking about. 
you know, I want to sound like I actually understand when in reality I don't. And, you know, it's the smart thing actually to ask. I don't understand that. Can you explain that to me? That's actually smart, right? Yeah. But our fear of man is, oh, I don't want to sound stupid by not by asking i don't by saying i don't understand admitting that and then learning and so i've been down that road and and so i'm wondering if sometimes people listen to what we're saying and you even said joe one of the one of the things that uh you had noted as a distinctive difference between how we do gospel well versus living for the king is that we we tend to talk more about the out the theological implications of everything, not just you know, not just uh, narrative, personal narratives, and relating stories, and um, and and just straight up application. But we're talking about, oh, okay, here's why we believe what we believe in. But I think sometimes with that, maybe, and again, I don't know the answer to this. Maybe what is not taking hold is um, the that there's a recognition or uh, comprehension and therefore you you're sort of left with the default oh that was a good bible study versus wow that hit me hard and i'm not saying this is the case for everyone and i I do think there are some people who really you know it it did impact them but i think for perhaps and i want to give them somewhat of the benefit of doubt to say maybe there was like a a lack of understanding uh, and Awareness, what are your thoughts? Yeah. <clears throat> uh, my thoughts are coming from the, the back door. I I was as you guys were as you guys were talking, I was looking up the parable of the sower. And you know, I'm thinking when I was a freshman in college. I remember you. <laughs> sadly. <laughs> but I was so hungry. Mm. And hungry, that hunger was from the heart. And in that one year, and I could even tack on sophomore year, in those two years or a year and a half, I think I was hungrier than all my years studying theology in school. Uh, hungrier for truth. So I definitely do think there needs to be and I'm, this is not, this is just adding on to everything that's just been said. But so as I was looking at the parable of the sower, you know, the, the, the guy sows the seed, but they all four conditions or all four examples of where the, the seed is sown, they endure the same conditions. Like the sun doesn't just shine on certain seed even the good soil the sun shines so i'm just thinking you know there's some people you look at like oh that person i'm sure there are people in gospel well this time around who were just so impacted by it and and it may have even simply been a baby step and that's fine it's not about quantity or you know how how far they how far forward they progressed but um they were impacted at the heart and there were some like, Oh, I, I know this. And so I'm just being reminded or, Oh, this is new. I guess it's nice, but the heart doesn't allow them to take hold of it and to really, in, you know, the, in, in Matthew uses the word understand 
and I'd have to look at the, the original Greek word, but I think that's not just an intellectual. It's certainly part of it. Cause you know, as Paul says in Romans, faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ, but that when it's received, you know, what, what arms do we have to embrace it? Is it just, okay, here I'm, I'm handing an object to Fuji and he holds onto it or he receives and knowing how precious it is and he holds it tight and carefully and gently and he treasures it even in his hands, however long he may hold them. So I, I just think I, so I think there, I think there is an element, not the, maybe I am over spiritualizing, but when I'm dull to a sermon, I walk away, I'm like, oh, that was a good sermon. You know, Sam preached a really good sermon, Fuji preached a really good sermon, but it hasn't really him, impacted my life. I, I think I may have listened to it well uh, with a good rubric uh, and good tools in the, in the mind, but my heart, it's sin that makes it dull and unresponsive yeah. to that truth. That treasure, that yeah. those pearls given to a swiney heart. That's not even a word. You know, like a, it's a, good a, thor word. a thorny heart, you know? Yeah. I think the, the practical thing that came to mind, we should have all participants pray each week, Holy Spirit, mm. help me to receive mm -hmm. This welcome, this truth, not just a theological, like mental agreement, but like, yeah. let me take it to heart. Uh, that should be a regular yeah. practice over time. Mm -hmm. uh, that and as, as, as you're sharing, Sam, that, you know, I think about applying this, making this personal, I think that's where I think, I feel like, man, maybe I failed my group or like <laughs> that's a weakness in the discussion to think that through of make it more personal, applying it, not just the truth that is a good truth, but asking the question, how does this really, look? it could impact your life. All right, with that said, so thankful for Gospel Well, this cohort, for all of you who took it. We are going to launch it again, our third season. March 5th. March 5th. So the next yes. season is March, March 5th. Excited for that. Uh, Joe's going to be one of the speakers for that. Um, and then as well, there'll be a few notable changes. One topic will be changed. We'll have a little bit, maybe a bit more personal emphases. And then I think the idea of um, reminding people to pray. Pray. For your heart during this time is a great implication of even this particular pod. Thankful for you listening. And... Have a happy Christmas because we'll probably have another one before Christmas, so we can't say Merry Christmas. Merry pre-Christmas. Have an awesome Advent. Mm -hmm.